Hey guys, I'm Whitney. And I'm Kylie. Welcome to the Midwest Farm Wives Podcast. We are two millennial farm wives raising lots of littles, figuring out how to run ag businesses with our husbands, learning, loving, and living life day by day in America's heartland. If you landed here, you can expect uplifting positive real talk about being a farm wife, mom, and being a woman in agriculture, conquering all God gives us. We are so excited you're traveling on this back road with us. Hello, and welcome back to episode 49, the one where we grow slow, except it's late in both of our time zones and we're tired and yawny. So how are you? <laughs> I feel slow. I feel so slow. My eyes are blinking slowly. I'm tired. I'm tired too, but how this is you? the only time that worked for us. So we're just going to make it, we're going to rock it. Yeah. I mean, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So just stay tuned for the sleepy Friday night, 30 year old, um, farm wife. <laughs> no, we're just like out partying or something, right? No, no, we have three children. No, 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 we're not supposed to be doing that. No, that's not real life. So how are you? What's okay. your recap? Just go right into it. Well, oh wait, review. Uh, let's review first. Let's do review first. Yeah. So if you didn't know, Whitney's been posting about this and I feel like every time she does, I'm incredibly busy and I just have yet to like get on social media and say, please go re-review. Our podcast mysteriously got dropped from Apple podcasts. Like if you were subscribed to it, you could still find it, but no one knew could find us, which is complete crap. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know what happened, but it sucks because we had like 200 plus 200 reviews and we went back to zero. So, so before, if you searched our name, like Midwest farm wives would come up and now it's like, you have to type the entire thing and then maybe you'll find us. Oh, it's the whole thing is weird. I still don't understand what happened. We have not gotten to the bottom of it other than we fixed the issue. But like Whitney said, we went to zero reviews. So anything we've read in the past, any that we've, all that we've looked at gone, gone. And like reviews and listens and downloads and stuff are how you get noticed by other people. Not that we're in the business of like promoting to like the entire world, our podcast, but still we do want to reach people. So if you you listen to like somebody like Jason Meadows podcast, it would maybe suggest us next. And now it's like, we're gone. So if you, if you have a spare two seconds and want to leave a review, we are entering people in a giveaway. So Right. I feel like we always are like, yeah, please go review us. Okay. But we really mean it this time. (laughs) We need you peeps, but thank you to like 56. I think we're at now that have done it. So that's awesome. So yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Anyways, from a new review, L615, Wit and Kylie are my go-to listen when I have a bad day or question why I decided to move to a farm and live with a farmer. They keep it so real and make you feel less alone. They fill, they fill my cup excuse me, they fulfill my philosophy of drink a little because a little, oh my gosh, I've butchered this. <laughs> fulfill my philosophy of drink a little, cuss a little, and love Jesus too. <laughs> she did not write that. That was totally me messing that up. <laughs> Follow along because there are some really good listens. So thank you, Elle. I apologize for really, really screwing that up. We're still tired if you wondered. Okay. What is your recap? What's been up? Gosh. Last um, episode we were live, so it's been a while. Yeah. I was just like, what, what do we record last? Um, we are almost done planting and we have like an 80 acre field left that is got a cover crop on it. So it's just too wet in the same breath. We're getting dry everywhere else. Like we'll welcome rain at this point. And I know, I know you guys think Kylie, you just said you didn't want rain, but I've always you know, followed that up with give us two weeks of hot weather and we could be in a drought. Like that's just our soil type. And so not a drought like you. So I'm not, I get it, but we could get dry really quickly. Um, home life. We're just still doing what we do. Rhett started summer school, which was really an interesting shift of the dynamic of our house because uh, he's gone during the day. And so not just me, Reese and Rowan. And then also I'm taking him to school And so that also shifts like nap, these weird nap times for Rowan. And anyways, it's been a lot. We also started T-ball for both kids. That's been a lot too. Like this last week we had four nights out of five. I have a three and five-year-old. Okay. 
you're entering the world of hard. Yeah. Start to do shit. (laughs) That's why I'm sitting here tired. I told Jordan, we were thinking about camping this weekend. And I said, you know, I think I just want to stay home. Oh, well, it takes a lot of energy to go camp too. So if you've already spent all that in your week, you're done. I know. You girls done. We officially finished our farm planting tonight. So whoop. No kidding. Well, That's awesome. We still have custom makers, but I think we'll finish that by Monday. Bart's really behind on spraying. He's stressed. He, he fell asleep eating his burrito last night. And it was the saddest thing ever. And I know he's that gonna is. I know he's gonna hate that I said this, but it was like nine o'clock. And I looked over and he's like literally like it's like a kid in a high chair, like holding it. <laughs> Please tell me you took a picture. No, I didn't have my phone. And I'm like, oh, honey. And he's like, what? What? I'm like, go to bed. (laughs) Like, right. Like this food is not going to like, it's fine. Just go. So then this morning he's like, man, I'm getting tired. I said, I know you are. I'm sorry. And he's like, how do you know? I said, because you fell asleep eating your burrito last night. He's like, yeah, that is pretty tired. (laughs) No kidding. Oh, yeah. And then. We've just been gophering like crazy swim lessons. Like God bless. I need, I want my kids to be in swim lessons because I was a lifeguard and I know how important it is, but wow, it's a lot when you live 15 miles from town. So yeah, it's, we also want to do swim lessons this summer and they have like three sessions, but we can only go to one of it's like, you can pick one of the three. There's only really one that works for us, but I really, really want the kids to be in swim lessons. Like you said, I mean, mine are too young to actually like learn to swim in that particular setting, but there's, you know, getting familiar with water and not having floaties on, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I am looking forward to that as well. Um, I know Whitney did an interview with Jennifer Dukes Lee. And so we're going to talk, um, she's following up here at, after we visit Um, Whitney's interview with her, but we are going to talk about why the one where we grow slow or the one maybe where we're trying to grow slow and we need to reevaluate some of the things in our life so that we're able to actually slow down and enjoy all the things that we uh, take advantage for every day. Oh, for sure. And I have a tired little kid, so I'm sorry if we actually, Jason Meadows taught me this last week on Clubhouse. Don't say sorry don't apologize. Thank you for understanding that I have a very tired two-year-old and I am also tired. So thank you for understanding the no- the noise. <laughs> I think he like cried right when you took a, like he wasn't making any noise. And then you were like, sorry for having a two or thank you for understanding my two-year-old. And he goes, <laughs> pretty fake. And now he just keeps slamming the door because Bodhi made him mad. Oh, he's gonna- it reminds me of that movie superstar. Have you ever seen it? Where Mary Catherine Gallagher says, uh, you're horrible. And she slams the door. Horrible. Have you seen it? Yeah. And she repeats it. Horrible. She says it over and over and over again. That's what it reminds me of. Okay. So back to growing slow. Whitney, this is definitely going to be, I mean, you are listening to the book currently by Jennifer and, and you just have this like calm, cool, collected nature about you. And I'm clearly not in that headspace. But I, I know that I need to also listen to like this advice that we're going to give. So why don't you start? Okay. Yes, I am listening to the book. And the first thing she talks about is having a hurried heart. And she explains it as when you're in a rush situation, you get a, a warm feeling over your body, which I have felt. So it's weird to hear somebody explain it that way. You get very warm and your heart feels raced. And you start thinking about the next thing you need to do. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have felt that before. And I said, can you relate that back to anxiety? And she said, yes, it can manifest itself in like many different ways. And so I'm like, yeah, I've felt the warm feeling. I don't know. I've never known how to explain that before, like feeling rushed. And so we went on to talk a little and you need to listen to the interview in her book to hear more. But Kylie and I, we talk, we've thought about like we're moms, we're young moms. We're in an industry that basically demands rush sometimes, right? Like planting. Yeah, if, not even sometimes. You know it's I mean, rain, we're rushed. If yeah, you know I would say timely rain. and it, it it demands timely 
things. And unfortunately the industry demands aren't met generally by the weather's right. liking. Yeah. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, but it, yeah. So we're like living a rushed, hurried life. And so we talked about some of the stuff she thought of, and then Kylie and I kind of thought of a few things that we thought that could help us. And when we're saying could, like, we need to work on this as well. Mm-hmm. Me, especially. Do you ever, do you ever, you know, you're saying like at the beginning, oh, I just said, like, I you see. were saying that you think of one thing, you feel rushed. Then you think of the next thing you have to do. And you think of the next thing you have to do. Do you ever work yourself backwards? Okay, yeah. And then get up. I have to get up at, you know, I, yeah, I have to leave at 8am. So then I have to get the lunch packed and then I have to do this and then I have to do that. And I have to get the kids up and feed Rowan. And then I want to work out, but does that fit into what I have to do? And then you've already, I'm already like nervous about waking up on time in the morning. I know. So I've been, I mean, I've been that way this week, which if you're a working mom, kudos to you, like out of the house, right? because we've had to be be to swim lessons at 8am and it's, it's like a struggle. We have 4-H animals to feed before I need to drink coffee, like at least a cup. I have wanted to work out so bad. Like I feel it in my bones that I need to do it, but I cannot, I physically cannot fit it in anywhere when I'm not retired, like ready for sleep. (laughs) I just, and it's, it's kind of depressing, but that's the season we're in is a rushed, finishing planting season. I also am going to like kudos shout out the working moms because I too had to be at school drop off three days, three days this week, and then go to the office and do work. And two of those days I had to look halfway decent. Oh, kudos to that too, because I go to (laughs) freaking lessons in a ball cap and shorts. (laughs) Right. The one day I had to actually be super fixed up just yesterday. And I thought to myself, Oh my gosh, why did I not get up earlier? Like I got up early, but not early enough because we had to do all the things we were doing on every other morning and I needed to spend a solid 30 minutes on myself. Oh dude. I mean, it was grabbing things out the door. Like, did we get it all? Okay. And I had sweat dripping from my upper lip. I just done my makeup. My hair was getting sweaty in the back. I'm like, why did I try? Why did I even try to do this? I know it, it is. I don't know if it's being type A because we both are type A or what exactly it is, but here's the few things that I have come up with that I think would help hurry, lessen the hurry in my heart is what I meant. Yeah. I need to slow down. So do I, even today at one point I was driving and I just thought, why are you driving this fast? You're going Uh, to get there regardless of this five miles an hour. Right. You need to spend the whole hour and you're only going to make it five minutes earlier. Right. Right. And I'm like, I just thought you slow down. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) I find myself, I have to work on my breathing and I don't. And I think that's why I carry a lot of tension in my shoulders is because I will find myself not taking deep breaths, not in, not specifically in any situation, but like just sitting on the couch, I'll be thinking to myself, I need to take a deep breath because I have such shallow breathing. And I think that has to do with just this like lifestyle of continual movement. Yeah. It it makes your heart race too. I don't know how to relax. I really don't. I, I really don't. So, so this episode is hard for us because we are not embracing growing slow yet, but we sure want to try. Yeah, I do. So if you're out there with us, we want to try. The only way I know how to relax is to actually physically go to sleep. And then even then I am clenching my jaw so badly right now that I'm considering anything to help because the right salt, like the right side of my teeth is slowly shifting my entire jaw to the right. So not even relaxing at that point. I know. I know it, it was hard to, to chat with her because she was describing me. She said, if you wake up, oh, it's I mean, me too, we'll I'm listen sure. in the interview, but she just described what a hurried heart is. And I said, you were talking to me. Like you are describing Whitney Larson <laughs> and Bart. Like you're describing us both. Oh, absolutely. There's a few audiobooks I've listened to that I think would Jordan would greatly benefit from. And it may be directed at nothing farm related, but just 
like this, or I'm currently reading, oh, John A. Cuff. Oh, you just said it in Clubhouse. Soundtracks. Yeah. Soundtracks. Yeah. I couldn't come up with that. Very, very good. It's talking about the art of overthinking, things like that, things that we could all benefit from in any industry. But anyways, we're getting off on a tangent. Hit me with the first, the number one bullet on our notes. Mine is shut down notifications on your phone. So what I went and did was went into my settings and I shut off all of my Instagram notifications. I shut off Facebook. Amen. I shut off everything except my text messages. I kept the noise, but no banners and no, like it doesn't pop up anything. It just makes a noise when I get a text. Yeah. Because I find myself, if, if I'm talking to someone and my phone dings, I will look at it, read what the banner says, and then I totally lose focus what the other person was talking to me about. It. So then I just got rid of that. Like I can't even see when, what someone is texting. You can set it to where they won't show you the text message. That's what I did. And so I just get a ding now. Okay. No banner. I, mine still has a banner, but if you text me, it just says Whitney Larson iMessage. It doesn't say what it is. And I agree with you. I too often are saying, Hey, I need to call you right back. I've got this message that just came in or this phone call. And sometimes that's true that, that those people need to get cut off. My mom is poor mom is the worst. Uh, meaning she takes the brunt of it. She'll be, I'll be on the phone with her and something will come up and I'll say, Hey, I gotta go. Well, then why did I call her? If I knew I had, if I knew I only had two minutes to talk to her. Yeah. It's great. I feel bad for Your her. Your mom gives you grace, right? She's gracing you. So shut off your notifications. Yes. The next one Amen. is, Seriously. is big. And it is speaking to me. Wake up without checking your phone, no social media, no emails, no texts and start your day off feeling fulfi- fulfilled instead of unfulfilled. And you're not comparing your life to anyone else's. I actually, I, you, you girl, that. girl, you wake up early. And before you had row, you were always posting that you were like working out at five in the morning. So I'd be laying there in my slumber and I'd wake up at seven 30 your time. And you've already worked out and had your coffee and done this and this. And I already put myself in a bad place by seeing you've done that much in your hour ahead of me. You know what I mean? I know, but you shouldn't think that, but that's what that does to me. When I look at my phone first thing in the morning. Well, I agree that that's something that I need to work on because I get up in current, my current state today, what I did today, woke up, grab my phone because I've moved it away from my bed. I don't know that this has anything to do with it, but if you're sleeping with your phone right beside your head, you're not getting a great night's sleep. And if you've been wondering why you're not sleeping well, And I know that that's our alarm system these days in in the 21st century, but move it away from the head of your bed. You will sleep better. I'm I'm famous for if I can't sleep at four in the morning, I'll just look at my phone because it's right there. Well, yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's not even that though. Just like your quality of sleep will improve. So that's my number one, but I'll get out of my bed, get my phone, go to pump before I go work out. And here I am like scrolling reels, TikTok just drinking that energized, eating a snack, wasting away your life. (laughs) Right. Like I could be doing other things like reading a devotional or just doing nothing with my brain. I know. So it's a good one. We're both going to work on that, right? Yeah. I want to definitely, I've been trying to be more intentional with my phone usage. I had a, a blogger friend that I follow and that was her whole platform recently is saying you're stealing that time from yourself of silence and internal thought and solitude. Um, you're stealing that from yourself by, by scrolling or by just opening up your phone and looking at aimless things. So I've been even trying to stop doing that while nursing, because I do spend more time than the average person sitting. Oh, well, nursing, you can scroll and like Amazon buy, you can do all those things. I remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's hard. Hey, number three is make a to-do list for the week, not for the day, for the week, and then delegate out your tasks throughout the week. Each day gets something. Don't try to do it all in one day. Uh, Little by little, little by little, conquer one stair, not the entire staircase. 
Yeah. I'm notorious for daily, daily to-do lists for sure. Those are good. Which still help me, but I, it may, maybe it would be more beneficial if I knew ahead of time what I wanted to get accomplished rather than just waking up that morning and saying, well, these things need to get done today. Maybe if I was more intentional about planning it out, I wouldn't feel as overwhelmed by the one day I actually proactively do stuff. And again, it's hard in our lifestyle because our to-do list could get pushed to the back burner very quickly. Well, yeah. And being at the office this week, just realizing that I didn't have that time at home to do the extra load of laundry or the dishes or anything like that has definitely loaded up the back end. But then today I still had to mow the yard, even though I really needed to be working inside and it all just piles up. Oh, I feel that hundred percent. So I, I was on a clubhouse today and they're like, what's your high. And it was a very, very like intricate discussion. Like these people were happy. They had planted this and like it, there was guys in there and I'm like, you know, I'm just really happy that I folded a basket of laundry today. That's, and I'm real. I said, some of you may not relate to that at all, but I'm just super pumped that my husband doesn't have to dig for socks tomorrow morning. Right. Speaking of Jordan's laundry's in the dryer and I have to fold that before bed. Oh boy. (laughs) Fold laundry at 10, 12, yo. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. What's the next one? Do you got it? You want me to read it? Okay. Where are we at? Five, four, four. This is your, this is kind of your thing, but I do agree with it. I set timers for my kids all the time. Why I don't do it for myself. I have yet to figure that one out. I even set it to go into Walmart. Otherwise I will walk aimlessly for groceries and like look at stuff. <laughs> but that's kind of nice sometimes I'm, to yeah, walk in. Kids with you. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me rephrase. Set a 20 minute timer for some of your to-do list. Maybe that's laundry, yard work, picking up the toys in the house, uh, book work. Ooh, definitely. I definitely want to set a 20 minute timer for book work. Yeah. Get me out of that as fast as possible. Some days. <laughs> So, uh, Whitney had said, set a 20 minute timer, whatever that looks like for you. I think when I cleaned the kitchen last time I had intentionally set a 15 minute timer and it took me 30, like whatever that sweet spot is for you. Yeah. And you were mopping or something. I remember watching that and you like got some shiz done. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the toy, I think picking up toys is one of the most overwhelming feelings when your whole living room has like snacks, toys, broken pieces from something that really just needs to be thrown away, but your kids have yet to like, let you throw it away. They'll notice if that one piece is gone. Uh Uh-huh. They won't play with it for a week, but here you throw it away. And now all of a sudden it's the worst thing in the world. That is overwhelming to me. Books. What do you do with it all? That's my thing. Gosh, that's just my own personal like storage problem, but yeah. But if you just a 20 minute timer, do some shit, get it done. You'll, you'll work more intentionally. I feel like, yeah, I agree. That's a good, cause I'm very ADD. Point. If I don't, if I don't set a timer, I'll maybe like pay a bill and then a kid needs me. Oh wait, there's dishes there. Oh, there's this in my bedroom. Oh, did I pay that bill? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And then I forget if I actually paid the bill I paid at the beginning. Mine, when I'm tidying counters and stuff, I'll pick something up to read it. Well then there I've totally gotten off track. I, Totally gone. And it may be something that's going to go in the trash, but I better read that before. Oh, I get it. No. Okay. Can I read the last one? Uh, there's two more. Oh, there is. But I will do this one because I actually just talked about this. When you feel hurt, a hurried heart or a rush of anxiety, give yourself five minutes to just breathe big, deep breaths in and out. Settle for a moment and allow yourself to feel what you need to feel and get back to it talking about my like upper body breathing and having the trouble and not actually breathing correctly. A chiropractor friend had suggested to me while laying down, if you're having trouble going to sleep or you just need extra deep breaths to breathe in your belly. So do this with me, if you will breathe out in your belly as far as you can before you fill your lungs with air. Okay. So you have to do it, Whitney. Okay. So fill your belly with as much air as you can, like your big, belly, not uncomfortable, your like your belly, not your chest. 
you start with your belly first and then you fill your chest after you've got your belly. Basically we do it laying down, but after you've gotten it, your belly full, you fill your chest with air. And that sounds so silly, but it's the lower part of your lungs. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, but it's weird. You have to think about it to get it to go there. It, do that. And if you do that over and over, so like deep breath in with your belly, then your lungs, and then you breathe it out slowly. If you do that, like four or five times, I'll go right to sleep. <laughs> I was gonna say, gosh, I'm it's tired. over. Sorry. <laughs> I just, but that is, that goes back to this number five. When you have a rush of anxiety, give yourself time to breathe. And I really believe in breathing, even though I don't do it, but I know it works and I just have to do it. No, I do too. So when clubhouse, going back to that, I get super anxious when somebody calls on me and I don't know why, because I like to talk and most of the people know me. And so I do find myself, I have to take big, deep breaths and then my heart stops racing and then I'm fine. But it's like that initial, your heart like clinches up and starts beating really fast. So I get that. I get the feeling. And that did just feel really good. Belly. Just do it tonight. Do it tonight when you go to sleep, lay down and intentionally like fill that belly and the lungs. And I swear to you three or four of those breaths and I'm out and I don't snore. I don't even know why I did that. I do not snore. Oh, I do. <laughs> Jordan does enough snoring for the both of us. So does Bart, but I do too. So I can't even smack talk. Okay. We're both tired. The Should- last one, wait, oh. there's number six. Do you want to say, right. do you, have you got that? Scroll on down, flip your page. I don't have a six. <laughs> you read you it. wrote it. I did. I don't have a six. Your printer's out of paper. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, I'll add that to my to-do list. <laughs> Okay. Learn to schedule, schedule yourself in ways that you can handle. Do not overcommit guilty. guilty. Just because you feel like you need to, or you, if you have that feeling, you need to say yes, learn to say no without feeling guilty. That is incredibly hard. It is. Especially when Uh, you're trying to define your worth by like trying to do more things. Do more. Yeah. I feel that. Yep. You can do more and feel less. Actually. I think that's probably a very common. You could do more, but feel less fulfilled. Right. So I'm going to relate this back to a little story. Bodie had to, um, feed the farmers at the wheat plot tour and he had to be there. He had to leave the house at five and like a couple other moms, well, several were going. And I just said, I can't, I physically cannot, first of all, myself get up, be there that early and like be present nor can I drag along a two-year-old and a six-year-old that have no interest in 4-H yet. I, and I, at first I was like, sorry. And then I said, thank you for understanding, but I have the two littles and Bodie will be there. He's going to come with his cousins and aunt. And I felt terrible at first. Like what kind of 4-H mom am I? And it's, it's just a thing that you have to accept that sometimes you can't say yes to everything. It's just a fact of life. I felt, I feel this because this is not related to 4-H, but our T-ball team one, I'm so competitive. I would love to coach the little kids. That's not, it's not so competitive. It's more fun. I couldn't, I couldn't even go out and help because all our whole season has been during planting. And so it's me, like you said, plus two little kids who don't really want to be there or don't so here. I have a three-year-old and a five-month-old we're sitting out there freezing at this first couple of t-ball practices or coach pitch practices. And then they're saying, we really need some parents to work the concession stand. And it took everything I had not to try and figure out a way to volunteer for that because I wanted to help out and I wanted to be supportive. And we're and, yes people. You and I are yes people. Oh yeah. So it's but hard. I just, Jordan's like, you better not say anything. You better not say yes. Knowing that he's not going to be there probably, even though we've been lucky to have him at the games, I couldn't guarantee that and commit. So Kate Lambert at cultivating courage, just was it last year? Yeah. Last year she gave a talk and she, she said, you need to start unapologetically saying no. And she related it back to her son played football and they had uh, concession stand signups and it was maybe during harvest. I can't remember exactly, but she said, instead of saying yes, I just said, thank you for, you know, she didn't apologize. She said unapologetically, I said, I cannot commit to this, but I'm going to donate $50. 
that is what I can commit to. And, and I'm, I'm like, that is awesome. I hope I can totally be, I want to be like you. I want to be in that mindset that I'm not going to apologize for that, but I am not there yet, but I want to be there. I so want to be there. Me too. Cause Where's then that? I also for that day forgot that we were supposed to bring watermelon <laughs> like for the fruit. And I just said, can you please just tell them, sorry, we've been busy. And Bodhi comes home and he said, mom, Becky is our group leader. And she's like, Becky didn't even care. Somebody else accidentally brought watermelon. I said, see the universe knew that mom couldn't do it. So somebody oh, else brought it. That's so nice. I would have been distraught if I didn't send something when I was supposed to, I would and have the been worst so part overwhelmed. Is, we live in the boonies. We only have one grocery store that carries produce. And my niece texts me at seven. It closes at six. We forgot to get your watermelon today. And I just thought, well, I've done a lot of other shit today. So if I didn't bring a watermelon for tomorrow, I guess it is what it is. Right. It is what it is. That's exactly right. So we survived okay. and nobody starved and it was okay. And the watermelon still got there. It just wasn't by you. Yeah. See? Okay. Let's send it over to the interview with Jennifer. Okay. Deal. But before we get out of here, do we want to end it with a quote? Do we want to do that after nope we're ending it now because it's bedtime and i'm pretty sure my kids like have our couches upside down and they might be burning them right now in the laundry <laughs> that laundry is waiting for me jordan's underwear uh, okay want me to say it yeah go ahead this is by jennifer dukesley herself it says if you saw your progress the way that god does you would never doubt for a second that you were making a difference oh and i relate that so much back to motherhood Yep, like, I'm going to go cry myself in the corner now. You go fold Jordan's laundry. I will go kiss my hyper ass babies to bed and we will let God see our work. Sounds good. Good night. Later. Okay. Hello. I am here with Jennifer Dukes Lee. Do you go by both names? Well, here I, in my regular life, life, farm life, I go by Jennifer Lee. But when I was in news reporting days, I, I went by Jennifer Dukes Lee because for a while I was just Jennifer Dukes. So my author name has always been, yeah, then I got married and I changed my middle name to Dukes because Perfect. We had a class of 37 people where I grew a small town in Iowa, 37 people, four of us were Jennifers, which made me feel really original. Yeah. <laughs> so we all went by our last name. So I was Dukes. So when I got married, I'm like, I'm getting rid of Lynn. Jennifer yeah, I Lynn. love now I'm Jennifer Dukes. You got to keep that. that. Yeah, it's like so much of who I am. <laughs> okay, so a little bit about Jennifer. She, she has written one book. What was the one of that, the first one? I've written actually four books. Oh gosh, look at me this be behind. My fourth book. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've I've seen the other one, but the book she is going to chat about today is Growing Slow, and right. it is amazing. It's talking about embracing a less hurried heart and the slowness of enjoying life. And so, do you want to give us a little introduction about you and maybe some background to where the book came from? Absolutely. So I am on our farm. We have 700 acres of corn and soybeans here in Northwest Iowa. This is a fifth generation family farm. We're going to the state fair in August to celebrate that we're a heritage farm. So that's kind of fun. Oh, that is. And yeah, it's so cool. And we've raised our kids here on the farm. And, you know, it's where Scott was raised and his dad and his grandpa and great grandpa before him. But this was a life that we never really thought that we would li live. Um, we met at Iowa State University. I was a journalism grad. Scott went on to law school and we had really amazing careers and he was in insurance and I was a newspaper reporter and um, loved that life, honestly. And we did a lot of really cool things, but it was a really fast paced life. And it became clear to both of us that we couldn't sustain that pace. And we decided to move back to the farm, which is wild. Like I never would have said that. Like that was the last thing I'd want to do as a small town Iowa girl, but we came and it wasn't easy. I mean, you know, you're, you live on a farm, you understand all the, the trials and the heartbreak, and you also understand all the joys. But when we left that life of news and 
insurance and all of that and came to live on the farm, our friends and colleagues thought we were crazy. They're like, you're throwing it all away. You were right at the cusp of something big and you're throwing away your degrees, you're throwing away your potential. And they were, <laughs> they didn't hide how they felt. Right. And, uh, <laughs> a photographer came up here uh, not long after we moved here to take a picture of us because one day opinion section and they took a picture of us. And I was looking at that photographer as he's taking a picture of us and I'm thinking how they're all thinking that we're just completely nuts and I stood there at the edge of the field getting my picture taken thinking what if they're right what if they're right and it took me a long time to start to ask a different question of what if they're wrong because they weren't living the life of hustle that we were we were living those lives and we had to have something that changed but the crazy thing is, is that even though we lived in a quieter place where, you know, uh, we don't have traffic jams. I mean, like rush hour traffic is the neighbor's cattle are loose on the road or something. Um, it just because it was slower here didn't mean that we didn't have hurried hearts. We still had like a lot of things to do and hustle and get next level and have all these benchmarks that we wanted to reach. And we came to the point in our lives where we realized that it wasn't about where we lived. It wasn't that we had hurried hearts and um, especially me. And I went to a doctor and he told me that all these symptoms I was having related to digestion and insomnia were all related to this rushing and this need to hit new targets all the time and it was taking a toll. Okay. So, so you went to the doctor and he, he kind of, or he or she kind of explained you had a hurried heart. And so can you explain to listeners, that was my next question, what, what you perceive a hurried heart or how your hurried heart felt so that we know if we have a hurried heart? Absolutely. So there are a lot of different symptoms of a hurried heart. It's the way that you the way that you want to check your phone at a stoplight. It's the way you feel when your feet hit the floor in the morning and your mind is already racing to all of the things that you have to do. And you're immediately in fight or flight mode. And so the cortisol levels are all jacked up. The the adrenaline is, and you live like that all day long. And it's exhausting. Like I can actually physically feel it happen. I feel like an uncomfortable warmth. I can feel like my blood pressure is rising. And now I know when I hit that, sometimes I just got to lay down. Yeah. And it almost, would it, would you say it resembles maybe like anxiety? Because I feel like I have felt that before the warmth and then your heart starts to race and you, you try to figure out like how you can make that feel better, but you don't know what will solve it. Absolutely. It is. Um, it can have physical manifestations for sure. And sometimes it's a little insidious. It's just, it's subtle for a lot of people. But now that I'm aware of it, I know exactly what's happening. And um, it happens at all ages and stages. I think that when you're younger, you just become an adrenaline junkie and you just kind of push forward and you think this is the way life feels. And you kind of look for that next hit sometimes. Like you never just stop being productive. You don't close the computer at five o'clock. You keep checking Instagram. Did somebody tag me? Who liked a Facebook post? Um, did I get that that email from the boss telling me that I did everything just the way he or she wanted me to? And it's just, it's constant. It's constant. And, um, you know, just like on a farm, we have four seasons. We have, you know, spring planting and summer growth and harvest in the fall. And then one fourth of a whole growing season is winter. And I'm always looking outside thinking in winter, if one fourth of a growing season, the land appears dead and dormant and is really resting, even though there's all kinds of things happening that we cannot see. 
then don't I need that too? If a tree needs to shed its leaves and rest, then don't I need to as well? But I think what happens when we have a hurried heart is that we constantly um, are in that plant grow harvest of life, plant grow harvest, plant grow harvest. And we don't wanna just you know, sit and rest and let winter do its work in us. And winter has a very healing quality. I don't know what it's like in the land where you live, but winter here, like, do you guys pick rock? Do you no, do that? Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, but no, we don't. Our, rocks. Okay. So, okay. So my first job as a kid was picking rock, which is so funny because there was way more than one rock in the fields, but <laughs> a farmer would come into town and get all of us kids and we'd go out to their field and we would pick up a lot of rocks. And it's like, gosh, is there some rock fairy dropping rocks down on fields to annoy farmers or what? <laughs> but obviously, you know, many of you listening probably understand why that is this frost thaw cycle of the land, <clears throat> excuse me, the frost thaw cycle of the land that causes those boulders and stones to emerge and come to the surface. And we have to get the rocks out because if we don't, it'll damage the equipment. Last year, Scott sent me a picture on his phone. He texted me a picture. He's like, you got to see this. And it was a rock that was the size of a living room recliner. And he kind of started on it with his hands. He's like, oh, I'm, this is going to be too big. We went and got a skid loader and dug it out. It took 45 minutes to get that rock out. That's wild. And so that he calls, I know. And so Scott calls it, he, Scott says winter heals the land, which is pretty poetic for a farmer. I think he's like winter heals the land. And so when I look at that and I think about the analogy for us as people, like we have rocks that are buried in the soil of our hearts. And um, we, if we just keep at the spring planting and summer growth and harvest in our everyday lives, in the things that we're trying to accomplish and never let winter do its work, We'll just carry out those rocks around in the soil of our heart forever and ever. And my hope in, um, in growing slow is that people would let those rocks emerge, that we would slow down and let the rocks come to the surface and that we would let God pick rock in our hearts. And those birds, like insecurities, they can look like the way you felt about yourself since you were six years old. I don't know what it is, but I know we've all got them and that we need to let God tend to our fields. And the only way he's going to get in there and do that is if we open ourselves up to it and say, come on, God, pick rock. I need to let go of these burdens. Right. So being a young mom, I'm not that young, I'm thirties, but a younger mom with littles, I asked on Instagram what people thought gave them a rushed feeling or a hurried heart. And these are some of the answers. And so I want you to then give us maybe some piece of a, pieces of advice as to how we can start to learn to grow slow or accept and embrace that, that type of living. So here's some of the answers. Um, anxiety of lost time with our kids growing, uh, worrying about what needs done next, rush of this industry and ag. Um, balancing running a business and being a mom, weather, uh, how to slow your mind down is such a busy world, feeling like I need to accomplish everything, trying to keep up with my husband, um, my to-do list, several of my to-do list, and then the rush of the evening time before bed. Those all sound like hurried hearts, don't they? <laughs> I have experienced all of those. And I mean, right now, even just weather, like I relate to that right now. I have a hurried heart over the fact that every time I open the weather app, then it seems like the rain forecast is even worse than it was the day previous. And it's, it can create a hurried heart and it is in these situations. And it's hard to slow down when we know we have things that need to get done. I know that when I was in my thirties and twenties, when people would tell me to, that I needed to slow down, I used to get so mad. I'm like, you don't know what my life is like. You can't tell me to slow down. I got a lot of things going on and it irritated me so much, but now, you know, I just want to look back and say, but how is that life of hustle treating me? Right. And I think that when people, yeah, I think that when people look at here, the, the concept of slowing down, it seems really inaccessible because it feels like we're going to lose our edge or lose our jobs 
or lose our ability to get all the things done that we really do have to get done. Um, but the truth of the matter is growing slow can actually be your superpower because you can come to your work with more energy and enthusiasm than you could have before. So I get to come to my work at seven or eight in the morning, whatever that happens to be that particular day on a Monday and be excited and engaged and enthused about what's ahead because I have set good boundaries for myself so that I can refuel and refresh myself um, at other parts of the day. And um, there's, and I, in, in my book, It's All Under Control, talks a lot about that for sure. But this is more, a hurried heart is more than just what's on your to-do list. And we know that's true because um, a lot of our calendars were really whited out last year. Like all the things that were on, there's still things to do. But there was a lot of other stuff, like with kids and school and activities that was just gone. But yet we had that hurried heart. Like, I'm going to fall behind. Um, you know, I know single people who are like, I lost a whole year of dating because I couldn't, you know, get together with anybody. I couldn't meet anybody. There was nowhere to go to meet people. And I know book authors that are, um, like, oh my gosh, I couldn't, I couldn't release my book uh, because nobody was buying books, you know? Right. Uh, just everybody looked at that creating even a more hurried heart now. And there, you know, I outline a lot of practices in the book that are adopting a growing slow mindset, but also address all of those different areas that you mentioned. Yeah. I, so I have your book on audible and I absolutely love listening to you read it. I just think that's an amazing way to listen to a book anyway, but having the author actually read it to you is super, super amazing. So can you leave our listeners with one, um, like tidbit from your book or like a piece of advice to kind of make them drawn in to want to buy your book? <laughs> absolutely. So, um, one of the things that I think happens with when we have a hurried heart is that that fields to see what's growing and how well it's growing. What I think that we forget often is that we ourselves are fields. It says um, in one of Paul's letter to the Corinthians, you are God's field, which I think is so cool that God, Earth's first farmer, is planting seeds in us and that even when we look out on the fields of our lives or the, our businesses or our parenting or our farms, and it feels like there's just not progress happening in the way that we want it to, that we can look within and see that God is growing good things in us. And I just want to validate those good things that people right now are growing in their lives, those small things that make up a life, and that you would just embrace those and see that you yourself a feel, are a field that God is tending. And that can be a very beautiful thing. It can, but in the, in the big picture of life, sometimes that's hard to see, but I also it really is. like to try to see the good in the day, even if it's, I laughed the other day. I said, you know, sometimes it's an accomplishment. If I remember to brush my teeth, like <laughs> some days we just get so busy in the morning that, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Some days I don't brush my teeth. <laughs> and so even a small win like that <laughs> sometimes is, is doing life good. So do you have anything else you want to leave? That. That's great. Yeah, that's kind of sad, but true. Do you have anything else you want to leave listeners with on, on the growing slow concept or anything else that's in your book? Absolutely. You know, I think that if you're looking for some practical idea or something that you can implement right now, I have a lot of those listed in the book, but that's going to look different for every person because we're all at different stages and ages in life. And so what I want to pitch out to you is remember that first few weeks after we were all in lockdown down and the previously inconceivable thought that the world could all shut down and that our calendars could be whited out. Like I have always wondered that, what would it look like if the world shut down? Well, we had that view. And I think for a lot of us, it became an opportunity to turn inward to our families and we started to take, for our family, we started to take more walks. We had more awesome family dinners. We took turns uh, 
making amazing things. We we know that everybody else was buying puzzles and we were too, because we could hardly find them on Amazon and we were having game nights. Like, what was the thing for you? I mean, even for you, like, I'll bet you had things in your life that you really embraced the things that were most important and thought, I don't, and when we go back to normal, I don't want to go back to all parts of normal because there's some things that we're learning right here, even in the middle of a pandemic that we can carry forward. So I would just encourage people to think about what those things were and maybe implement them as a long-term strategy for growing slow. Oh, absolutely. And I think we all learned, well, we know as farmers that we are very adaptive. We change our plans and whatever we need to do to make things work. And I think that the shutdown totally showed that each one of us in our own way are adaptive. We had to change everything, you know, like we appreciated teachers more and there was just so many different things that, yeah, it was a terrible thing for that year, but I think it also made us more grateful and maybe showed us some more of our strengths that we did not know we had. That's right. And I think too, you know, remember the phrase essential worker, it made me proud, hopefully in a good way to be part of being essential. Um, our work on these farms is essential work and it's important. And we are partnering with God to work through seasons and growth to create food for, for a world in need. And sometimes when it just seems like it's all so fast and this is so hard and there's so many things to do, like step, stepping back and taking a big picture and thinking, wow, I am essential. I'm essential on this farm. I'm essential in this family. I'm essential in this world. Yeah, that's, that's a huge deal. That's awesome. It's so crazy to think that sometimes we lose sight of that when we're in the planting busy season or whatever, we lose sight that that is what God has intended us to do. So, um, can you tell people where they can find you on your social media and then also where they can buy growing slow? Sure. So, um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Jennifer Dukes Lee, and you can find my book growing slow anywhere that you like to buy books, whether that's Amazon, Barnes and Noble, books, a million parable, whatever your favorite bookstores are. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. And we sure hope that your book is just changing the lives of so many people. Thank you. We sure appreciate all of you listening today. We would love to reach more women in ag. If you would like, please share our podcast with your friends and let us know what you think. You can also find us on Instagram at farm wife guru and at the grateful farm wife be sure to follow or subscribe to the midwest farm wives podcast on your favorite podcast streaming app we'll see you next time and remember every day may not be good but there is some good in every day stay grateful friends